Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Nerd-Related Podcast uh, stream channel, wherever you're getting this podcast from. Uh, my name is Matt Farley. Uh, I'm a part of the Nerd-Related Network, primarily on Nerd-Related uh, Sports Edition and Nerd-Related uh, Fantasy Football Show. But tonight, tonight I figured I would flex my nerd chops and do something that really doesn't happen too often uh, on the Nerd Related Network, and that is provide you, our loyal followers and listeners, with a game review in sort of an informal format. Uh, tonight is uh, November 18th, and uh, I'm going to be talking to you and going through a review that I've done of the latest re-release of one of my favorite games of all time, Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim Anniversary Edition dropped just about a week ago, and while I'm not uh, diving deep into fantasy football analytics, watching football, uh, watching basketball, or changing poopy diapers, I am totally immersed back uh, in the world of Skyrim, Tamriel, and all that is Elder Scrolls. So uh, tonight I wanted to walk through uh, my review of this uh, new anniversary edition and Skyrim as a whole, which I think uh, for a lot of folks, uh, if you haven't played Skyrim, and I know Brian uh, Soto has not, uh, it's definitely worth taking a look at. And tonight, hopefully I give you some context as to why. Uh, but tonight's special, I guess, edition or episode of, of this podcast is being brought to you by, or I guess in coordination with, another uh I guess, YouTube channel, uh, stream. I, I don't know what you want to call them, um, but they are, uh, they're a great uh, friend of our, of our streams, of our podcasts, uh, and that is uh, the folks at When Geeks Craft. Uh, you should go check them out on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, wherever you're following on social media, search When Geeks Craft, all one word. Uh, our friends, uh, uh, Nicole and, and Tur are, are making uh, awesome, awesome uh, game-related items, including maps. Uh, they just produced this badass uh, Skyrim map uh, that I really want very, very badly. I mean, this thing is huge. It's got to be like three feet by five feet uh, in size. Uh, they've made uh, weapons. Uh, they've made uh, guns, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's just a really cool follow, and they and they post videos of of how they're making these items and what they're doing, the process, as well as uh, if you want, they will supply you with essentially the uh, technical detail that you may need to either three D print components or actually make these items yourself if you do have um, the uh, I guess technology to do so. Uh, so again. We want to thank our friends at When Geeks Craft uh, for doing this, uh, I guess, collaboration, I suppose. Uh, so go check those folks out. So without further ado, um, let's talk about Skyrim. Uh, now, to give you some preface to sort of my experience with this game... I did not buy Skyrim upon its release back in 2011. I waited a couple of weeks. Um, but 
to, to essentially give you some background, I was not an Elder Scrolls truther, I guess, or not a deep fan of Elder Scrolls games. Like I didn't play Morrowind or Oblivion or or any of the any other editions of the Elder Scrolls before Skyrim came out. And I picked up Skyrim basically on a referral, kind of like what I'm I'm doing for you guys tonight. And uh, boy, was I happy to do so. Uh, Skyrim sort of changed my perceptions of gaming in, in I, I don't know, an indescribable way and has sort of shaped my expectations of, of games, especially these open world single player games going forward. And just to give you, I guess, some context into just how impactful uh, Skyrim has been in sort of my gaming experience there are there are very few things in life where you can have these visceral sort of tangible memories of I was I know where I was when like I've got a lot of those in terms of sports moments like I'm never going to forget when the Milwaukee Bucks won an NBA title uh, there are various Packer Green Bay Packer uh, events that unfortunately I'll never forget but I can vividly remember sitting in a very small bedroom in a house on Brady Street in downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on cold November nights when I should have been doing homework. I was an early 20-year-old kid that was working a, a part, mostly full-time job and going to school. And I remember sitting in this room playing this game with, with my window open and hearing the sound of the city and the cold air blowing in of an early Wisconsin winter as, as my character was trudging through snow-covered mountain ranges. And the fact that I can remember, and I can almost feel that, I can feel the physical sensations of those moments, I just, I think, speaks to the, uh, the, the memorability of that game. And I know that probably sounds a little bit overdramatic, but, but that really... That really is sort of the essence of Skyrim, at least to me. And, and this game would not be as popular as it is if it didn't have that kind of resonance with the gaming world, I think, as a whole. You know, one thing I think we, we as gamers are probably going to see more of, and we're really starting to see it pick up, is sort of this, this idea that developers are creating games that they can simply just build off of, Right. They're not, you know, producing, you know, new games every single year because we as gamers have held them accountable to stop making crappy, unfinished games. So developers are going back and I think are looking at a platform or an idea where they can take a pre-existing sort of build that works, that is finished, that people like and tweak it and make changes to it. And maybe the idea of re-release is going to be sunsetted, but rather, um, you know, more of the, the DLC. I'm not sure what the terminology might be. Restructuring, um, further development of a, of a beautiful and well-designed standalone game. And as we've seen with some remastering and re-releasing and, and addition, I guess, releases of different games, i.e. Grand Theft Auto. Um, Skyrim is one of the few where, where this concept actually works, 
because the game, and I'll get, go into further detail on this as we as we sort of go through my review, but Skyrim has the ability to do so because it 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 transcends and it's it's timeless in a lot of different ways. If 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 I'm a developer, I'm using Skyrim as sort of the the blueprint, and I, you know it's much easier said than done. But sort of the blueprint for going forward. That if I if I hit on a game, maybe not a you know a ten out of ten like Skyrim got, but a nine out of ten, there's something there. Skyrim Skyrim is the foundation in which developers can can add these these immersive, graphically beautiful building blocks on top of to make a game that is still great today. So if you can't tell, I'm um, I'm a little bit partial to this game. And again, I'll, I'll kind of explain why. But I, I want to continue to sort of dive into this idea of that that sort of um, memorable resonance that, that this game has had. And think back to 2011 when this game was released. People viewed this game not only as a graphic and artistic beauty, but really, really quality gameplay that could bring in all types of gamers like myself, who was not an Elder Scrolls junkie. Um, but you couple that with a, with with something else that was happening in sort of the, the high fantasy sci-fi world at that time. And I can I can vividly also remember watching Game of Thrones for the first time and sort of that the, the way that my interest was peaked into exploring a high fantasy world, something that I was never really interested in, it was almost like a perfect storm. This high fantasy TV series comes out that is super engaging and, and carries a lot of the same sort of plot themes that Skyrim, ironically enough, had. Like, uh, you know, naive young 20-year-old me thought, well, you know, the developers of this game are just hopping on the Game of Thrones hype, but that's obviously not true because that game was in development for a long time. Um, but I think it, I think that also helped propel the popularity going forward was this, this sort of push that, uh, you know, pop culture was moving in this direction of high fantasy sci-fi. And we're seeing it, you know, we, we saw it when The Witcher came out, um, The Witcher 3 came out essentially, and now The Witcher TV series has come out this Skyrim and Game of Thrones almost in a way, and this is in, in no way knocked to Lord of the Rings, but it almost sort of like paved the way for high fantasy uh, into the future. So um, I just found that incredibly interesting in the fact that even today, I still can remember sort of that coordination that occurred between this game and that TV series, I think is really incredible. So... Um, let's actually start getting into the nuts and bolts of Skyrim. So I, I, when I reviewed this game and when I started to think about how I wanted to develop a perception or a lens for reviewing this game, I kind of was, was ponging between these two somewhat similar yet different sort of viewpoints. And I, I sort of recognized that I needed to, to marry the two together. So I'm looking at this game from two very simple perspectives. The first is how does this game that is 10 years old still stand up in the gaming world today? If, 
if this game is released, not re-released, but released on November 11, 2021, how good is it? And then secondly, and, and sometimes, again, married with, and at other times, exclusive, how does, how does this re-release compare to the original other updates? Essentially answering or asking the question, how does the anniversary edition hold up? And is it worth giving more money to Todd? Is it worth investing in? So that, that's sort of the crux, or I guess the, 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 the dual lenses that I'm using to look at this game um, from, a, from a critical standpoint, right? Very, very simple stuff. And I probably just over-explained that in, in a bit. So um, there are obviously some, some elements that you normally would probably see in a video game review that I'm just going to kind of gloss over because there are a couple other elements of this review that I think are really critical basically to the two, the two main areas that are these two sort of lenses that I described before. So, um, you know, if I'm not spending a whole lot of time on some of these things, it's not because I, uh, you know, I don't care they're lackluster, but rather when, when we look at these elements, they're just not as important as others essentially. So let's start with maybe one of the big things that I think a lot of, um, experienced Skyrim players are asking. And that's graphically, how how does this this game hold up? So, um, I, I've kind of bullet pointed sort of the things that I've that I've grabbed and realized from from this review. So some of this might be a little convoluted, and again, I might pong between sort of the uh, the standalone criticisms and the comparison to the original um, comparison. So please bear with me. Um, when I started, when I started playing Anniversary Edition, probably the first thing graphically that jumped out to me was compared to other games being released on PS5, which I play on PS5. I probably should have said that from the start. Um, the, the the overall scenery and and the environment itself holds up incredibly, incredibly well. For a game that was developed on a system that is now two generations old, I'm still in awe the way that I was on release of how just beautiful the environment is. Skyrim still to this day somehow captures the fantasy, medieval, high fantasy world that, that the developers and the writers of this game wanted to create. And that is an incredible accomplishment. You know, am I going to say, am I going to tell you that it's by far the greatest graphical masterpiece at this point? Absolutely not. But when you think about how old this game is and you look at other games being released right now, Skyrim holds up incredibly, incredibly well. Now with the, with the re-release as well, it feels like a lot of the graphic movement is much smoother than the original. They clearly took a little time to do some do some development in, in the graphics and they talk about it, but they talk about it at a high level um, in, in the release notes. But the game holds up incredibly well graphically, both at a standstill as well as motion. You know, and, and again, I, I'll refer to the GTA release and sort of this mesh of cartoony PlayStation 2 sort of vibe that you get 
Um, Skyrim doesn't do that. Now, I will say, and I will say that the faces of the characters in the game have always been um, odd. Um, and, and that might be in part due to the fact that we're dealing with high fantasy, right? Um, humans look fairly human and fairly is, is how I want to put that because definitely there's some weird facial features. Um, but other, other, other races uh, that are in the game, like Argonians, for example, which if you're not familiar, basically these human lizardoids uh, characters, beautifully designed beautifully designed those those don't look weird they they mastered the monsters like last night i was fighting a frost troll and i noticed that compared to the original like the face on the frost troll was much more defined than it was in the past and then comparatively to other games on ps5 like it's pretty good it, it looks the part essentially it looks like it's a ps5 game in a lot of ways um Again, even with the faces kind of looking strange at times, uh, but by no means are they distracting. I will also say on the face bit, and then I'll move on. Sometimes when characters are, are either presenting dialogue or listening to your response and you don't talk, you know, verbal, you know, aloud, but you, you exchange dialogue, um, their mouths sometimes freeze. You probably have seen if you played this game, um, but it's, it's nothing that's really going to take away the experience. Um, I will say, you know, more on the negative side, there are certain dimensional structure elements that the game lacks, and that's probably because of uh, the engine and the system it was built on. So if you like walk up to a tree, for example, you, you notice that the tree is more two-dimensional than three-dimensional in some ways. And again, like it's not, it's nitpicking. Even today, after 10 years, it's it's nitpicking because everything else is very, very well done. Um, another example that, that I'll throw as a positive is if you play it on like 360 or PS3, um, like the ground environment would sometimes be pixelated and kind of, I don't know, and, and the shadows were kind of pixelated. That is gone. That is gone. They addressed that a little bit in Special Edition. Uh, but an anniversary edition, I mean, it looks, it, it's just so smooth in, in, in many, many ways. Uh, finally, I'll say this too. Um, a lot of the add-ons that have been a part of the uh, anniversary edition uh, mainly deal with weapons and armor. And from a graphical standpoint, they're beautiful. They're really well done. Um I, I unknowingly uh, fell into one of the newer quests that was uh, provided by the Creation Club. Uh, we'll kind of talk about some of those add-ons in a bit. Um, and got got this sweet bow called, like, I think it's the Bow of Shadows. And it's got it's got lore. I looked it up because this, the power is pretty incredible. And I don't want to I don't want to go into further detail because I don't want to give give away or spoil. Um, but it looks beautiful. It's it's really really. Uh, smooth. The detailing is great. Overall, graphically, this game still has it. It's not going to shock and awe you, but when you consider the fact that this game was built 10 years ago and has been just given updates and facelifts, it's really still freaking good. So um, uh, I was thinking about like a grading system for all of these points in an overall game. And I'm just going to keep this simple. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, rate these things one through five. 
I'm going to give graphics a four out of five. Um, and that's, that's pretty much everything is great except for the dimensions and the faces sometimes are a little bit blurry or a little bit strange, I guess. Um, and I'll, I'll say this too, um, dealing with high fantasy and playing like the Witcher and kingdom come deliverance, these, these medieval based games, um, you know, when, when you, when you start comparing those, it's like, oh, okay, but it's still visually, visually beautiful. It's, it's awesome. If you like, if you're, if you're playing games for graphics, it's worth it. All right. Um, I'm going to move on and I'm going to skim through a couple of these other points. Uh, from a control standpoint or controls standpoint, um, there's nothing really to note. And I think that that is like, that's like talking about offensive linemen in football, right? If you're not mentioning them or hearing their names during a game, that means they're doing the right things. I think same holds with controls in video games. There's nothing worth noting. They do not suck. They're very responsive. When you're playing the game, you never feel like you're not a part of it. You never feel like you're not engaged. Um, the controls were developed uh, to work. I, I don't know. I'm, now I'm getting extremely elementary. Um, the, the controls just work. It's that simple. I don't need to. I don't need to overcomplicate things. Um, I will say on PS5. Um, if you're a PS5 owner, if you're lucky enough to uh, to win that lottery, uh, you'll notice the vibrations and the controllers are really strong sometimes. And that's not just with Skyrim. That's with a lot of their games. Um, same holds true for Skyrim. Just sometimes that thing just really shakes. Um, sound. Sound, I think, is incredibly important in, in these, these plot-driven storyline massive online world games because like a good movie, sound can really can really engage or disengage you as a player. And Skyrim's original soundtrack, just standalone, take away the fact that it's in a video game, is so, so beautiful. Um, if you got Spotify, can finish this podcast, of course, but go go listen to it. If you've never played the game, it is just, uh, I don't know, it... It's one of those. It's one of those soundtracks, and it's got music in it that just sort of like you hear it, and it and it, it just reverberates on your insides. It's it's strange in that way, but not just not just the fact that the music is beautiful and the sound effects work perfectly. The music, I think, masterfully sets the tone in a game that is incredibly dynamic in what you are doing and the experiences that you are having. When you are deep in combat against somebody or something that is way, way high level, much, much higher level than you, you feel the stress of that, not just for the fact that they're kicking your ass, but because the music really, really sets that mode, sets that, sets that mood really, really well. I'm gonna talk about this more in a bit, but there are times when this game slows down, right? It's a massive open world game. You're not going to be constantly in these intense, you know, knuckling situations. You're going to be walking through scenic, scenic environments. You're going to be walking up a snow-covered mountain. Um, the music sets those tones perfectly as well. It's just a it's just a three-dimensionally engaging uh, experience in that way. 
And again, I might be getting over dramatic with some of these things, but I think this just speaks to how wonderfully developed this game is. And the sound and the music just nail it. They nail it. Um, the one other thing I'll say about sound is I think when, when they developed this game, when Bethesda developed this game, they did a really, really good job picking sort of the voices that that these characters have. And yes, they're re repeated throughout the game, whatever. That doesn't matter to me. But I think these sort of like Scottish Vikinger sort of uh, accents fit really, really well with the characters. The Kashyyyk voices fit perfect Kashyyyk. Not Kashyyyk in Star Wars. Um, the cat people in the game fit really well. Uh, the Argonian voices, I don't know about that. Uh, but really just, uh, I think that they, they match that very, very well. And it still is apparent today. That's something that they haven't really changed. Um, let's move on to some of the bigger points. Um, we'll talk about gameplay here. Um, and gameplay can mean a lot of different things, right? So I wanted to keep this, I wanted to keep my gameplay conversation focused on a few key areas. And the first thing is, is character building, right? When you are, when you are coming in with the blank slate, the blank canvas of that guy or gal who's riding on that wagon as the lights come on and you're sitting next to Ulfric Stormcloak. Uh, we'll talk about him in a bit. Um, it is truly, in many ways, a blank slate. Um, Skyrim is ambitious in so many different areas, and, and, and the, the player character development is an area where they do a really good job. Like, I'm not saying you're developing a personality, um, but when we're talking about character build, and strengths and weaknesses, it's still today so memorable, and it and it sets it sets a baseline to judge other games off of the the, the variety of skills and the the sort of the 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 subsets of those skills and the leveling up ability of those skills is extraordinarily deep and. Again, still today, when we've played masterpiece games um, in a similar setting, like I'll use The Witcher, for example. The Witcher's leveling up and level system was very good. Um, does not, does still does not compete to Skyrim. And I don't think we've seen a game since. And look, I get it. I've not played every single open world, single player, story driven game um, that has been released. But I've played the big ones, and still Skyrim, I think, sets the tone. Skyrim spoiled me as a gamer, uh, specifically around character build and the leveling system. It's it's just done it's just done wonders, and it's made other games shit. <laughs> um, uh, secondly, I want to talk about uh, combat. Right, combat plays an incredibly important role in this game, and this is one area in which combat i think right this is one area where maybe skyrim doesn't set the tone like it does in other areas i also completely forgot to give you scores on controls and sound i'm just going to give a, a four out of five for controls and i'm going to give a five out of five for sound um now jumping back to gameplay it's been a long week um combat wise it's it's effective 
depending on your character. So I like to play the game as, as somebody that sneaks around, is in the shadows, comes up behind you, stabs you in the back, or hits you with an arrow. And that sort of combat system, the game does very well, right? It's not complicated. It's just, you know, you just are controlling, slow movement, setting your timing, and, and firing, essentially. That's it. If you're a mage, right? You're just essentially um, pushing a button and watching meters, right? Sword play is lackluster, and it's always been lackluster. And when I look at the, the Elder Scroll games before, um, it's always been the, the way it is in Skyrim, right? It's, it's nothing really critical, right? Blocking, blocking has a little bit of strategy to it, but a lot of times you find yourself just swinging a sword, right? Um, compare, compare that to Kingdom Come Deliverance, which um, Kingdom Come Deliverance is a game that's built by Warhorse Studios. That's not like a major developer. Uh, but you should definitely go Google Kingdom Come Deliverance because that game, that game is probably the closest to the Skyrim experience that I've gotten. And that's including The Witcher. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance has a, a, a combat system. I think, um, I think there's another game that has it and they may have sort of built it off of it. But Kingdom Come Deliverance has this, this really in-depth and a lot of times frustrating timing system where you've got a parry blows and you you can swing at, at different angles or you can poke and it's just so so rewarding when you start mastering it and you and you get in these these sword fights and and sword fights between one enemy can literally last like 10 minutes it's i know that might sound begrudging to some of you but it's really it's really um it's really engaging right and skyrim doesn't have that Skyrim doesn't necessarily have that sort of level of, of engagement and satisfying swordplay or combat that some have. But still, um, the game is so deep everywhere else that doesn't really matter. The final thing I'll hit on with gameplay, um, and again, if you don't want to define this as gameplay, um, tomato, tomato, um, is the variety of tasks and activities that you can do, Right. We just got done talking about combat, but this is not a combat-based game. This is this is a quest-driven game. This is uh, a variety of activities, right? Even the, the things that you need to do if you want to level up in certain areas is an activity. Um, the quests, like we talked about, are engaging, and I'll talk about that even more in a second. Um, this there, there's, there's a wide range of tasks and activities, and that is in gaming is not revolutionary and I'm not going to argue that it is, but very few games are able to have the, the, the sort of dynamic nature in the, in the variety of activities that Skyrim does. If you want to go just kill everybody, you can, and it's fun. And if you want to just go find herbs and avoid enemies, that's fun. Um, if you just want to explore the map, that's fun. If you if you want to just work on smithing or some other skill, that's fun. Skyrim is unrivaled in the way that it executes a variety of tasks and activities um, that just simply does not exist, even in great games, right? Maybe Red Dead kind of has that uh, feel, but 
overall, and, and that might that might tie into sort of graphics, environment, um, what have you. Um, but variety-wise, it's it's really good. I'm going to give gameplay uh, a four out of five, and it deals with the combat system. That might be nitpicky, so you know, sue me if you disagree. It's really good. It's it's still really really good, um, even today. It just it hits on a lot of points, and it sets this sort of unreal standard uh, that very few very few games can 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 achieve. Um, I want to move on to probably my favorite thing to talk about uh, with this game. And that that deals with plot and storyline. I am I am a sucker, an absolute sucker, for games that have engaging and emotionally riveting storylines and plots. Right? I like a good story. Um, maybe that's why I don't play a lot of a lot of like Call of Duty. Um, I don't know. But if a game's got a good storyline. And the gameplay is fun. I'm in. Um, Skyrim, compared to a lot of games in today's sort of menu, is incredibly and maybe uncomparably, incomparably. Is that even a word? Um, not com- it, it. It's it sets us. It sets a standard, just like gameplay does, in terms of the depth and ambitiousness of plot and storyline. I know I probably have not done a great job so far of describing what Skyrim is to people or for people that have never, ever played this game before. Um, And I'm hoping maybe the plot will give you some context. The overall message here is you should try this game regardless. But again, you probably want to know what it is you're trying. Um, From a plot perspective, I kind of had to summarize this, and it was incredibly difficult. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best here. Um, Skyrim takes place um, in a land that is ravaged by a civil war. Uh, one side of this civil war is is sort of the native people of the land, the Nords, and they are belie- they believe that they are patriots, fighting for national pride and fighting against an enemy that is infringing upon their their civil liberties liberties of religious practice. And I'm not going to get into what their religion is because it's just incredibly deep lore, which, again, we'll talk about in a second, a little bit more. We won't go into the lore. Anyways, um, that's one side of this fight. The other side is, is sort of the empirical power trying to preserve order and peace um, in, in, in terms of the overall continent in which Skyrim is, is based on. And this, this imperial power is, is fighting these, these Nords, uh, and, and they believe, the Empire believes, that they're fighting against sort of a cause that is fueled by racial superiority, and that cause is being led by somebody that they view as a domestic terrorist in Ulfric Stormcloak. Uh, it 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 kind of sounds familiar uh, to other things that are happening um, outside of the gaming world, um, but it, it's that that story and that concept alone is is really really interesting, right? Um, but that's not all, and I'm going to say that I'm going to sound like a freaking infomercial here. Uh, that's not all because um, while all of that is happening. Um, the forces of an old magic 
have returned to the world. This is where sort of the Game of Thrones um, comparison or the, the Game of Thrones congruency fits in. And, and, and that's also creating this, this sort of rise in magic is creating panic and chaos in the world because it has brought back dragons. And all of this is happening in you, the character, which you become known as the Dragonborn, uh, even though you give yourself a name. Uh, you're stuck in the middle of all of this. And very early on, you are discovering that you have a special heritage that gives you a rare set of powers, magical powers, that, to quote Spider-Man, with great powers gives you great responsibility. And in the world of Skyrim and this civil civil war struggle and this this coming together of magic all in one place, you have to play an integral role in what happens. But that's not all, right? That alone is incredibly, incredibly ambitious um, for a video game, especially in today's world. Um, but that's not all, because while all of that is happening, uh, the game gives you thousands upon thousands of subplots and side quests and and different you know different ways to engage you uh all the while while this is still happening uh and then on top of that we're not done um there are all these guilds and fraternities that your character can join like uh the dark brotherhood or thieves guild or all of these different specialized groups that have their own sets of storylines and characters that further make give you not only give you something to do but add to the overall plot and feel and all of these people that are in this world that are in these guilds that are giving you side quests all have a why which is the crux of a good story right um the game the game is really good skyrim is really good at giving you enough of that giving you enough background and lore to some of these what seems to be unimportant characters um, while still pushing you along. If you want to know more, you can know more. There's questions that you can ask that give you more information. If you just want to be like, look, dude, you asked me to go pop this guy. I'm going to go do it. I don't care about your life. You can do that too. I've had that mood before. That, that in and of itself is, is, is sort of the, the basis of a great storyline and plot. But there are two other elements to this that are incredibly important related to plot. The first is that the Elder Scrolls lore is mind-numbingly deep and detailed. Um, and that gets tied into all of this that is happening in this, in this set time in the game. Um, if you go on YouTube and go search um, this, you know, Elder Scrolls timeline, you can get lost. Um, it is incredible. It is it is it rivals Star Wars. It rivals um, Lord of the Rings, Song of Ice and Fire. It's up there, right? It it goes very 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 deep, and the the writers of this game weaved it weaved all of that lore into the storyline as is. Knowing that lore is not integral to, to having a good time playing this game. But if you're like me and you're a lore nut, it just 
adds to the game much more, right? Um, Song of Ice and Fire has that feel to it. The Witcher has that feel to it where you might want to explore more about a character or a place. Uh, Elder Scrolls has that. Um, and they've done a really good job executing executing that. The second thing that that speaks to is just the, the gameplay and the way that you as the character can interact with the environment. Um, that builds into the plot as well. And this game just knocks it out of the park there. Um, in terms of criticisms, I will say this, and I'm saying that a lot tonight. Um, at times, while you can, while, while the main storylines and the subplots and side quests and guilds provide you the opportunity to make some emotional connection and develop some emotional resonance, um, some of these side quests and stories are tragic. You're, you're, solving the mystery of a child dying or you're, you know, you're finding, you're trying to find somebody who's lost. Um, well, those things can be emotionally um, gripping compared to other games or other forms within the genre. It, it maybe does not match. And I'm not sure if that is necessarily a Skyrim issue or if that is a genre issue. And I'll kind of explain that in a second. But let's focus on gaming for a bit. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 destroyed me. Uh, emotionally just hit me square in the fields. And I, I don't want to get deep into that story because I will cry. And it's, and I don't want to spoil things for you, but you when you play that game you feel for arthur morgan um that game does an incredible job of simultaneously allowing you to go on a killing spree but yet showing you vulnerability uh to the character to to arthur morgan right um that's an incredibly hard balance to strike and i think in gaming today with sort of the unreal ability that you get as a player. Um, that is so, so difficult. Um, compared to these games like Skyrim, or I'm sorry, compared to these games like Red Dead Redemption and The Witcher to some degree, um, you don't you don't get the sense to have that emotional connection with the Dragonborn than you do with Arthur Morgan or Geralt of Rivia. That being said, um, if you were to walk into a Barnes and Noble today and for, you know, Gen Z, I don't know if you're really young, Barnes and Noble is a bookstore. Um, I know, you know, you know what Barnes and Noble is. If you walk into the sci-fi fantasy section, right? There are, there are hundreds and thousands of books that you can choose from. Um, very few high fantasy stories make it. And you could say that about books in general. But I think it's more difficult because of the hesitancy of some people to engage in high fantasy genre, right? It's hard to get past the, the nerdiness for some people. Um, you know, people who don't watch Star Wars probably will, will cite that reason. Um, Skyrim is... If, if you want to put it in book form, is not one of those rando books um, that's in that pile. 
Skyrim sits next to uh, a Song of Ice and Fire. It sit next. It sits next to The Witcher. I'm not going to use any Lord of the Rings comparisons because that's not just comparable. Whatever. But it 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 sits it sits in that category because of the lore and world building that happens there. It might lack the emotional resonance that a Song of Ice and Fire does, which again. If you've never read those books, Game of Thrones, um, you feel George R. R. Martin just hits you in the feelings like Rockstar did with Red Dead. Um, it's it's in that ballpark. Emotionally, not going to be comparable, but world building and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say general emotional resonance is there, right? Um, if if you if you have the Song of Ice and Fire book series or the Witcher book series um, in your house right now, Elder Scrolls Skyrim is going to be on your bookshelf. I'll put it that way. I think that's the best way to sort of categorize that as a whole. Um, again, might sound over dramatic there, but the plot and storyline of this game are just very very well done. And even though you may not always feel emotionally attached to the dragonborn <laughs> um you're gonna feel for the characters around you in some way and that's that's satisfying um skyrim addresses things like racism it addresses things like national pride versus um you know the borderline between national pride and and infringing upon somebody else's rights Again, I don't want to go too deep into those things, but I, I think Skyrim does a very, very good job of of showing you both sides of the coin. And especially in the Civil War storyline, gives you a chance to really um, evaluate and make a make a choice. And isn't that what a what a great game does is 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 puts you in, a, in between a rock and a hard place, right? Um, again, I'll. I'll mention Song of Ice and Fire again. Uh, George R. R. Martin does a really good job of writing a story that paints characters not as black and white, but as gray. There's good and bad in everybody. And the storyline in which Skyrim is set and the people that you engage with as the Dragonborn are gray. They have reasons for doing things, not because they're evil, not because they want to watch the world burn, but they care about something or someone. And that's, you can be empathetic to that. And uh, it makes the game that much more interesting. Again, not something that's revolutionary to gaming, but hard to execute and Skyrim does a great job. I'm giving plot a five out of five uh, for that reason um, alone. Uh, finally, I, I wanna hit on replayability. And this maybe goes back to sort of the second theme that I talked about before was, you know, how does this game stand alone today? And then, you know, how does this game compare to the original release? Um, this is a game, and this happened to me over the last 10 years a number of times, that um, you can play hard for a period of time, set it down, and you will come back to it later. Uh, the Witcher was like that for me in a less intense and addictive way. Red Dead was like that. Um, 
If you want to change it up, you can, but Skyrim is always going to be there. Um, Skyrim has a place in your bookshelf or in your hard drive. That's essentially it. Um, I think a lot of the things that I touched on earlier speak to that. The gameplay is incredible. The storyline is incredible. The variety of activities and the, the way that you can engage in the game are just incredible. Um, this has extreme, uh, extremely high replayability, even after 10 years. Um, gra the graphics, I think, also help in that sense. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 in that area. Um, and again, if the sword play was like Kingdom Come Deliverance, this game would be uh, unbeatable. Um, it's pretty high up there. Um, finally, I, I'll, I'll, before I get to sort of my overall score, um, I think one thing is important to discuss is the way that Anniversary Edition was released. Um, there was a lot of ambiguity and um, confusion about what what you as a as a consumer would need to do. So I'm going to try to summarize this for you. Um, so if you've never if you don't have Skyrim and you want to play it and you want to play Anniversary Edition because it's got all these additional add-ons that you maybe don't understand, um, but are cool. Um, it's fifty bucks to buy a hard copy. I think on last gen. If you're next gen, I think you have to buy it digitally. Like, I don't think there's a PS5 hard copy version of Anniversary Edition. Um, I suppose you could go buy Special Edition for PS4, upload that, and then do the uh, the update, which brings you to the second main option, which is if you already have Anniversary, or if you already have Skyrim Special Edition on PS4, Xbox um, One, uh, or PC you can basically purchase an upgrade. It gives you the graphic updates and the, um, the new creation club content and uh, you're good to go. Um, if that didn't make sense to you, that's fine because that still doesn't make total sense to me. I did get the game eventually, um, but I was extra confused because I have, I have PS4 uh, version of special edition, um, which was the, prior re-release this game has been released like two times anniversary edition being the second um and that's not counting some of these like switch and oculus versions um but i i downloaded it the night it was released and um my ps5 still tells me today that i have special edition um but when i go into the game i i know that it's the anniversary edition because i've got the updated um, like creation club content, the, essentially the release of this was super confusing, which I think is worth noting. So if you are a prior player and you're like, do I want to spend the $20 for the upgrade? Um, get ready. It's a little bit confusing, not end of the world. Um, if you're a first time player, it, 50 bucks for a game that's 10 years old, kind of sounds ridiculous. Well, uh, spoiler alert, I'm giving, I'm still giving Skyrim a five out of five. Um, is worth a $50 investment. And it's worth a $50 investment both independently because the game is so great. Even today, with updates, a game that was developed on a system that is two generations old, it is still really, really damn good. It's worth $50. Um, the second thing is, look at what is coming out right now. Um, and I know that that might be a poor way to look at this, but I think... I think in this sense it is. Um, what's being released this year? This holiday season, I guess. Um, not much. 
Elden Ring comes out in a few months. Like, look, if you're if you're trying to, you know, scratch the itch, Skyrim is worth it. Skyrim is worth fifty dollars. If you're a player that wants to or is considering coming back, Skyrim is worth twenty dollars. It is definitely worth it. The game still holds up. If I haven't made that explicitly clear, <laughs> um, I'll just openly say it. It is worth it. Um, so please, I encourage you, even if you're not somebody that enjoys high fantasy or sci-fi, this game is just outrightly fun. And you couple that with a beautiful environment and a deeply engaging, vivid storyline um, Skyrim, Skyrim is a master class in, in gaming. And I'll, I'll kind of finish with what I, what I sort of started with in that. I think we're entering this, this phase of, of gaming where we're going to see developers create a baseline game. And instead of making new games every year, build off of those games for a while and then create a new game. Skyrim Skyrim probably unknowingly set that tone. And um, that that statement, I think, is enough to, for me to say, go buy it. I'll put it that way. Um, so, yeah, five out of five. Go try it out. It's fantastic. Um, again, uh, thank you for, for joining joining me this, uh, this evening or today, whenever you're listening to this. Who knows? Um, you can find uh, Nerd Related on Twitter at uh, nerd related gang. Uh, look us up on Facebook. Uh, our our OG nerd himself, Brian Soto, is constantly doing streams of various games. Uh, I think he's getting back into 2K pretty soon, so check him out. Um, if you're also interested in sports and want to listen to the nerd related sports edition podcast, uh, we release that podcast every Monday night now. I'm trying to think Tuesday morning, Monday night. Uh, we do that with video now, so that's kind of fun. Um, and if you're a fantasy football player and you want to, you know, hear some advice, because fantasy football is all about thinking something and then asking yourself, am I crazy for thinking about this? Um, you can bounce it off me in my mind. Uh, we release the nerd-related fantasy show every Tuesday going forward. Um, it'll either be myself or myself and Andy, so check that out. Again, huge thanks to our friends at when geeks craft uh they're making all kinds of cool stuff i don't know what they're starting now i saw that their their instagram uh page which go find them they are at when geeks craft they're i, I don't know what this is they're making or no oh they're installing a new tool of some type i think um but again they make some pretty cool stuff go check them out facebook instagram uh, i think they're 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 on youtube um, and Twitch, maybe? Let me see here. Uh, and Patreon, Patreon, and TikTok, and Twitter. Um, go check them out on Patreon. They, you can, I think you can influence what they make. Either ways, I'm rambling here. So um, thank you again for, for joining us to, uh, today. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast. And uh, remember, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza.